0: 2018 was an incredible year, and the reason it was an incredible year is because of, uh, of those that made a difference with their lives, Th- those who said, I'm willing to be used. What we're talking about today is that we are four difference makers. We're in this four series, and, and churches are always known for what we're against. We want you to know what we're for, and we're today for people making a difference. Last week, we were for growth. Growth personal spiritual growth, we were for church growth, we were for kingdom growth, but today we're going to talk about that we are for difference makers. I want to tell you how I became a difference maker. When I was in 10th grade, that was my first year of high school where I went, I played football, and I wasn't very good. I, nothing like him, okay? Uh, I, I wasn't real good, and I got broken a lot. In fact, my dreams of actually becoming a professional football player when I was five, six, and 125 pounds were actually crushed by a 250-pound linebacker, okay? I mean, literally crushed so when I I gave up the idea of being a a professional football player, then I decided that I wanted to become a professional surfer. And I do enjoy surfing. I don't know that I could still do it, but it was lots of fun to go out and conquer the ocean and and ride the waves. And it it was an incredible thing to do. And and there's nothing quite like the feeling of of riding on a wave. But you know what I found out? The surfers don't make a lot of money. And and I like to eat. So I decided that probably wasn't going to be where I would spend the rest of my life. So, So then I decided I would go to what was kind of the family trade? My dad was a rocket scientist, so I thought, well, maybe I, I could become a scientist, and I really enjoy science, and uh, and I, I like blowing things up and all sorts of things like that. But but then I went to a camp between my eleventh and twelfth grade, uh, uh, scene, between my eleventh and twelfth grade year in high school, and I'd been to this camp every year since I was in the fourth grade, and God spoke to me at that camp. Uh, there were some, some guys that were preaching, and, and they said, God wants to use you to make a difference in the world, and, and, and I, I heard that call that night, and I stepped forward and said, I'm going to give my life to the vocational leadership ministry, and so that's why I end up where I am today. That's why I continue to make a difference, and I remember what they talked about that night. I remember the passage, and it's, it's from Matthew, the fifth chapter, starting in verse 13. And the interesting thing about this passage, you can go ahead and get in, in your Bibles and, and, uh, or on your devices. The interesting thing about that is that, that it, is a, it, it talks about how we can make a difference. And so you can follow along up here, you can follow along in your Bible or device. It says, you are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. And then then it says, in the same way, let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. While we were challenged sitting down by the lake at Lake Aurora, what the preacher said is, you guys can make a difference by being salt and light. You guys can make a difference by being a preserving agent in the community. You guys can be a difference by shining God's light. And in fact, that's the same message that I'm going to preach to you today. In fact, what I heard that day is I heard God call me to make a difference in the world, and that's our sentence today. Sermon in a sentence, God calls us to make a difference. God calls us to make a difference. Would you read that with me? God calls us to make a difference. I believe that God calls every single one of us, if you are are wearing his name as a Christian, he calls us to make a difference. He doesn't call us to come to church and sit. He doesn't call us to come to church and just sing. He doesn't call us just to read our Bibles. He calls us to go out into the world and be the salt and light and be a difference. So today what I want to do is I want to give you three ways that you can make a difference, three ways that you can change the world, three ways that will help you find blessing and fulfillment in your life. So we're going to jump right in. The number one one is to volunteer. Volunteer. Volunteering means that you're saying, God, I want to be a part of what you are doing. God, I want my life to count for something. Volunteering means that you're saying, God, use me however you can. Make a difference through my life. You're, you're saying through volunteering is, I want to be a part of a team that's going to work and serve together and care for each other and change the world and make a difference. It might be a team that, that, that is working here at church. It might be a team that goes to Nepal. It might be a team that goes to Haiti. But what you're saying is, God, Use me to make a difference. Mary Helen uh, shared just a few minutes ago about somebody that made a difference in her life. I want to tell you why I'm standing here today. Because of some people that made a difference in my life. There's a lady's name, Donna Cook. Donna was the preacher's wife in the church that I grew up. I don't know what she did wrong, but I'm sure there was some heinous sin. Because she got stuck with the junior boys, okay? Uh, The the junior boys, now, now we were a a different sort of group. There were about 12 of us. We were a gang, basically, and and she was stuck in there with us. Now, we were the master's maybe the monsters, something, something wrong, the, the masters of, uh, of all sorts of things. We're the masters of paper airplanes, spitballs, uh, all sorts of tricks, and, and masters of bodily noises. is what we were masters of. And so every single Sunday night, she showed up, and she was calm, cool, and collected, no matter what we did, and she told us about Jesus. She was there every single week. She volunteered, and she made a difference. One night, I got there just a few minutes early, and I was headed back to our class. It was behind the preacher's office, and the table was all set up. And as I was headed back, I could hear her talking. And I stopped for just a second because I didn't really want to interrupt anything, but I stopped, and then I heard what she was doing. She would get behind each chair, and she would pray for the young man that would be sitting there. That changed me. That changed me because it it wasn't, she just didn't see it as something she had to do. She saw it as something that that she got to do. And she cared for each one of us. Incredible. Let me tell you about another guy. His name was David Murray. We have a David Murray that goes here to, to Northridge. This is a different David Murray. He had a special gift, okay? He had a special gift. It was called a station wagon. Back in the day, before churches had vans and buses, he had a station wagon. That meant mom and dads took you everywhere. And so he had this station wagon. And David Murray loved teenagers, and this is what David Murray did. He said, I want to take all of our, our, our youth group, or as many can go, I want you to go see Atlanta Christian College, a place where you can learn how to be a kingdom worker. It's now called Point University. So, so we all loaded in his car. There were seven of us, plus him, in the station wagon. We drove from Orlando, Florida to Atlanta. This man took four days off of work, his vacation. This man put gas in the gas tank. This man took us and cared for us and showed us. And and, and out of that group, out of the seven that were on the trip, three of us are now in in what I would call vocational leadership ministry, either with churches or parachurch organizations. And, And then three that I know of are involved in churches and leading and making a difference where they live, work, and play. And, and, and I don't think David Murray ever realized the, the ripples that went out from that one event of him telling us those terrible jokes all the way up and all the way down. Uh, but, but, you know, the, 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 the impact that he had on our lives. You see, when you're a difference maker, you will never realize how far it goes out from where you started. You know, in, in, in very honest terms, you guys are the, the result of what Donna Cook and David Murray did because they made a difference in my life, and I'm trying to do that here. So we, we have so many things that you can do, and, and what we say around here is worship one, serve one, and we love it when people come to church and they serve the next hour. Uh, or they they serve an hour and then come back and there are things that go on during the week. There are people that that greet at your doors and somebody say, well, greeting's not a great big job. Can I tell you what, you're the first person that people see when they walk in. There are so many people that tell me, we used to have a guy that was a, that was a greeter here at Northridge. He greeted on the west side. He, he's gone to greet in heaven now, Henry, and, 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 and old Henry would be there every Sunday. And if I talk to people that have been around very long, so many of them tell me, the reason I'm here is because that man showed me the love of Jesus every single Sunday. And there are kids now that are teenagers that still talk about him. He was a difference maker and he didn't have a big job. He didn't stand up in front of everybody, he just smiled and loved on people. It's that simple. Last week, I was uh, making my phone calls on Monday night, and I, I tried to call visitors and, and try to get in touch with as many as possible, and I got a hold of a young lady that had been here on Sunday. She said, we really enjoyed it, and I said, well, how'd your child? I don't remember. It was a boy or a girl. I said, how'd your child enjoy it? She said, not so much. He wasn't real happy, and uh, he was over on the the, kids' field side. He was about a year old, and and she said he was just hooting and hollering. And I I said, well, I'm so sorry. She said, well, it wasn't a problem. One of the guys uh, took him and walked him up and down the hall and got him calmed down, and he just enjoyed it after that. That was Chris McBrayer, one of the guys. He's a great big old guy over there, a great big old guy that knows how to love on people. He's making a difference, making a difference. There's all sorts of things. There are Sunday morning things. You could stand up here and make a difference. You could be in the back uh, in the sound booth or on the cameras. You could be at the door. You could be over in the children's area. Uh, You could help the kudzu on Thursday night during the week, or you could come here and fold and and, and stuff things. But but let me just tell you what I know is people that are willing to volunteer make a difference. I want you to see this verse from 1 Peter, the fourth chapter. It's, It's an interesting verse. It says, Each of you, should use whatever gift you have received to serve others. Each of you, okay, that's every single one of us is called Jesus Christ as Lord. Each of us should use whatever gift you have received to serve others. It isn't about coming and sitting. It's about coming and serving. It's about volunteering and making a difference. Uh, you know, if you want to know how to, to volunteer to make a difference, you can go to the Next Step experience. It'll start again the first of next month. Uh, you, you can stop today as you leave, and you will see the screens out there. But can I tell you, volunteering, you will make a difference. This is what I know, that if everybody in this room volunteered, this would move from being a crowd to being an army. This is what I understand, that that, that we have a great gathering of people, but if everybody volunteered, can I tell you what would happen? We would be a force to reckon with. Can I tell you, this is what I understand, is that as a church, we can be a group of spectators, or we can be a team that works together and and run the score up on Satan like Clemson did Alabama this week. (laughs) It's that simple. And I, I, I tell you what I'm choosing to do is this. I'm choosing to say, Lord, take my life, just like we sang, and use it however. That's the first way, volunteer. The second way that we make a difference is that we give. Oh, no, he's going to talk about money again. I got to do it. Jesus talked about it more than just about any other subject. And I got to do it because I understand that when you give, there is a blessing that comes. I got to do it because it's kind of commanded in the scriptures. And so I'm going to talk about it. I want to, I want you to understand this. The reason I talk about giving to you is because I want you to have the blessings that I've had through it. Kathy and I, over the years, have given uh, to Kenya. We had some friends in college that went to be missionaries in Kenya, Phil and Gwen Hudson. And so for over 40 years, we've given money over and above what we give to the church because the church is our priority. And so we've given that money for 40 years. If you added it all up together, you probably wouldn't even buy a decent car. Uh, But it hadn't been a lot. But I want to show you the difference that it's made. The first is a picture of a guy named Tim Muntai. Uh, Tim is a Maasai warrior. He he's killed lions and stuff like that with his bare hands. Uh, I mean, the, the guy is absolutely incredible. What he did when my friend Phil and Gwen were there, he walked thirty kilometers through the through the the the, the, the Maasai uh, through the through the Mara there that 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 where the animals are wild. He walked over thirty kilometers to meet to meet my friend Phil, and he came to know Jesus Christ. Now, let me tell you what's happening there now. He has led Africa Hope, and Africa Hope is taking the message of Jesus into every part of Africa. Okay, now, now that, that's pretty amazing because this guy didn't even know Jesus until, until somebody got there to tell him about it, and then he learned. But then I want to show you this. It's a picture of a church. That church is there because of Africa Hope. That church is there ministering to people uh, that, 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 that wouldn't have gotten ministered to if they hadn't been there. And, and then the next picture is another church. This is another church, and, and can I tell you, it wouldn't have been there if somebody hadn't have gone. And then one more picture. It is of the Africa Hope Training Center. Ministers and church workers and children come there, and they're trained. There are two dormitories that you can't see. But you know what? Kathy and I, that's a blessing to us. We decided it was more important for people in Africa to know about Jesus than it was for maybe us to have something that we wanted that we didn't need. And so for over 40 years, and we continue to do it, we continue to send money there. Uh, about 12 years, I was there in, in Narak, Kenya, and, and I had people come up to me that knew that we had given for that long, and they thanked me. Uh, I tell you what, that was much better than any gadget I could have bought. That was much better than any car I could have bought with that money. That's the blessings that come. That's the blessing. In fact, we read about it in 2 Corinthians, the ninth chapter. 2 Corinthians 9 says, the service that you perform, and let me tell you what he's talking about there, the the, the people in Corinth have been giving. He says the service that you perform is not only supplying the needs of the Lord's people, okay? In in giving, that's what we do. We supply the needs of the Lord's people. But then listen to what happened. But it also overflows in many expressions of thanks to God. It also overflows in many expressions of thanks. A thanks to God. That's what we found when we were in Kenya, is that they thanked us because we were a part of taking Jesus to them. If I were to take you over to the children's areas right now, you'd see all sorts of crazy things. In fact, you're gonna see a picture here. We have incredible children's ministry. We do, things to help pick, we do things to help parents do the job that they need to do. And this is what I hear constantly from parents and from people outside of our church that have just heard about it. Thank you for investing the time and money in our children. Thank you for making a difference in their life. Thank you for helping them that they can stand up for Jesus. Thank you for helping me as a parent. Thank you. You see, the gifts that have been given come with an overflow of thanksgiving. Next picture of A Night to Shine. And uh, well, that's it. this is about four weeks. You can sign up for that today. You'll hear more about that. But I would tell you what happens after that 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 evening or during that evening. I will literally hear hundreds of people say, thank you for doing this. And, and, and afterwards, we will get cards and thanking us just for doing that. And what are they thanking us for? They're thanking us for showing the love of Jesus to some people that don't get the love of Jesus shown to them very often. And it is absolutely amazing i got to tell you, it is amazing. Look at this picture. It's a serve day. We actually shut down the church for a Sunday. We go out and serve. And it is an amazing thing what happens. We will hear thank you over and over and over again. Thank you for helping me at my house. Thank you for going to the veterans home. Thank you for painting our church. Thank you. And you know, that, that's what we hear. And we will hear it for weeks afterwards. There will be county and city officials that will send us notes. Thank you for making a difference. And I got to tell you, we're just showing them the love of Jesus. We're just doing what we're commanded. I always see this next picture. This is of a Pastor Edwin. We're in Nepal at this point. And Pastor Edwin has a church. It meets in a very, very small room. And it's about 120% full. And they don't need a lot of money to build a new church. But you know what? They're overflowing with Thanksgiving because we sent them $15,000 at the end of the year to help them get the land and begin to build it. I need about six or 7000 more. Some of you guys get your checkbooks out. We'll take care of that today, Okay. But you know what they're doing? They are overflowing with thanksgiving. Why? Because we gave. Why? Because we want to make a difference. I think about all the things that I could have bought with the money that I've given, and none of them amount to one life that's been changed for all eternity. And I will tell you the blessings that come from that are absolutely incredible. I haven't had money rained down from heaven on my head, but I've had the blessings of God knowing that I've made a difference for all eternity. This is what we hear, you know, a lot. Somebody say, well, my God, I just don't have any money. Every cent that I have goes to, to pay bills. And I said, great, we got something for you. It's called Financial Peace University because you need to start using God's money God's way. And you know what will happen when that happens? Then the blessings will begin to, to happen. And then this is what I'll hear. Somebody will say, well, preacher, all you want is our money. This is what I tell you to do. If you think all we want is your money, get one of those pink envelopes, write your check, and then write the name of the church that you wanted to go to on there, not this church. Why do I tell you that? Because I don't care about your stinking money. I care about you knowing the blessings of God that come from being generous. I want you to understand a life that's been changed because you give. And if you you write a check and you put it in there and you say, send it down to First United Methodist, I'm going to take it down there and give it to them. Why? Because I want you to have the blessing. That's how it works. That's how it works. You see, we change lives by volunteering and we change lives by giving. But there's one more way that we do it, and that's that we change lives by praying. We change lives by praying. I get into the Bible, and I'm reading along, and I begin to read these incredible prayers. There's Moses, and and he raises his arms, and he begins to pray so that Israel can defeat the enemy. When he begins to sag a little bit, the the other army begins to prevail. But what does he do? He raises his hands, and he prays, and the enemy is defeated. I love that. There's David, this little kid with a slingshot, and he prays to God to help him take care of the giant and he takes care of the giant. There's Jonah. Jonah finds himself in the belly of the whale, and he prays, and and, and he finds salvation when the whale burps him up, throws him up on land. You know, that that just is the way that it works. There's Jesus, and he gets his kid's lunchbox, and he prays over it, and it feeds 5,000 people. There's Peter who prays over people that are sick and dead, and they're healed. I tell you, prayer is powerful. It it is how we work. Jesus, in the final days he was on earth, in John 14 through 16, he he tells the people to do something five times. I want you to see what one of them is, and then he repeats this five times. He says, you may ask for anything in my name, and I will do it. Did, Did you catch that? You may ask me for? That's a pretty big promise, isn't it? That's a blank check. You ask for anything in my name, and I'll do it. You know what? I've been asking, and I, I, I'm trusting God's going to do this every year. I pray for 100 baptisms, and I'm still asking. Every year, I'm asking God to rid this community of the drug dealers and the dope dealers. I'm asking God to get rid of the racism and, and, the, and, and the poverty. And you know what? I believe I believe that if we as a church began to pray about those things, we got desperate on our knees about what God would do. I, I believe that we would see those things leave. But he's waiting for us to get desperate. He's waiting for us to call out together. And when we do that, it happens. When we do that, it happens. I, I get this often. Somebody will say, Mike, I, I, I'm just, I, 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 I don't know how to pray. I, 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 just, I just can't do it. It, it. It's just too hard. Can I tell you what? There's not a secret to praying. I hear guys pray, and I hear women pray, and they're eloquent prayers, and I say, boy, I wish I could pray like that. But the secret of prayer is not in how you say it or or how wonderful you say it. The secret of the prayer, the power of prayer, is in the one who hears it. The power of the prayer is the one who hears it. And you know what? You can say, Lord, help, and he hears it. You can say, Lord, I need, help me understand, and he hears it. It's not in your flowery language or eloquent language. It's just in the fact that you go there. And so we just cry out. And simply crying out makes a difference. I've mentioned this lady before, and as I've talked to you, it's a, it, she's a friend of mine. I met her over 25 years ago. Her name is Judy Nabel. She is an artist in, in, in Tallahassee, Florida. We met at church. She's about 20 years older than I am. We met at church. I don't know how we connect. I think it was just a, a divine appointment. And she began to pray for me. We pray for each other. And for over 25 years, she has prayed for me. And I will tell you, the last 25 years have been some pretty incredible years. It, it helped me end up here. In fact, if you, you would see one of these, this is a letter from Judy. She writes the prayers to me. Uh, and, and, and she lets me know what she's praying about. I get one of these about every two weeks. Sometimes it will be 18 pages long. And, and, and I will tell you what, it, it is some prayers that have some power. Because I would love to tell you I'm as talented as I am, but, but I ain't, okay? It's only because somebody has taken up to get on their knees and pray for me. And the power that she releases In my life, and the power that she releases as she prays for this church, and the power that she has released as she's prayed for some of you all because I've asked her to pray for you by name, I will tell you is absolutely making a difference. Over the past 25 years, God has done amazing things. It wasn't me, it was because some people have been praying, especially my friend Judy. God calls us to make a difference. That's the sermon in a sentence today. God calls us to make a difference. I've given you three ways for for that to happen. God calls us to make a difference through volunteering. God calls us to make a difference through giving. God calls us to make a difference through prayer. I grew up in Orlando, Florida. I spent a lot of time on the beach, okay? And and, and I love going to the beach. And I built a lot of these that's not one of my sandcastles, but that, 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 that's one of the sandcastles that, that was there. And so I, I, I built a lot of them. I would guess literally hundreds of them. Some of them were very large, and some of them were high-class, snob, very ornate type of, of sandcastles. There, there were some um, maybe works of art. I don't know. And in fact, what I was thinking today is after church, we could load up on the bus, and we could take a tour to see all of my sandcastles. And when we got there, what would we see? nothing they've all washed out to see they're no longer there when you step from time into eternity and you look back to see all your accomplishments can I tell you what you'll see is nothing because they'll been all washed out except the people that you made a difference in their lives Those people that you changed because you volunteered, but because you showed them the love of Jesus, because you were there for them. The people that you invested in because you gave, and those that you released the power of God into their lives through your prayers. We have about 1,400 people that call Northridge their home. If they all showed up on one Sunday, we don't have a place for them to sit. We don't have a place for them to park. But there are about 1,400 people that that would call Northridge home that that would say that that this is where they attend regularly. That might be once a month. That might be once every six weeks. but, But that's about how many we have. Let me tell you what this preacher dreams about. He dreams about 1,400 people that would volunteer. Because I realize that when there are 1,400 people that are volunteering, we don't have a crowd anymore. We have an army. And when we have 1,400 people that are volunteering, we we don't have a bunch of spectators. We we have a team that's winning. And so that's why it's so important. And and, and I'm challenging you today is to pick that up and to volunteer. The the second thing I know is I have 1,400 people that were giving and being obedient to God with their giving that we would have every resource that we need to change this community. With that amount of money, we could chase the poverty out. With that amount of money, we we could begin to help people like they've never been helped before, and they would see the love of Jesus. I also dream of having 1,400 people that would be desperate to pray for this community, that would be desperate to go to God and say, can you stop the racism? Can, can, Can you stop... Can can you stop the poverty? Can can you help us that that we can make a difference in our schools? Can you help us that, that we can see this community come to know Jesus Christ? And can you help us that we would be the place where the gospel begins and goes into all the world? Only one question, though. Only one question is will you, will you be a difference maker? Will you get down on your knees? Will you open your wallet? Well, you say, yeah, I will give some time to make a difference in somebody else's life. And I will make you this promise. I will make you this promise. If you do that, you will be blessed. I also know this, that if every single one of us in this room today hit the trifecta and did all three of those, okay? We, 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 we did the volunteering, we did the giving, and, and, and we did the praying. Can I tell you, we would release the power and love of God in a way that would be unbelievable and would change but it takes every single one of us doing that will you be the person that makes a difference let's pray father speak to our hearts today Father, I'm asking that you don't leave a, let a single person leave this room without their heart being stirred for what you're doing in this church and in this community and in this world. Father, I'm asking that your Holy Spirit would make us uncomfortable today if we're sitting around doing nothing. I would pray that your Holy Spirit would make us uncomfortable today if, we, if we're holding on to our, 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 our money and not letting you have control of it. I pray that you would make us uncomfortable if we haven't bowed our knee and cried out to you for our families our communities. Father, you've called us to be salt and light. You've called us to to, to be difference makers. And and Father, today, today, I pray that we would do what you've asked and that we would see this community and this world change because we've given it all to you. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.